Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, and on this episode, I'm going to talk about my favorite subject, jewelry, and about the biggest jewelry heist in American history. And of course, it happened right here in South Florida, in Jupiter, in fact, just north of West Palm Beach. Yep, (laughs) it's crazy. You know, we have a problem with women who meet men at the Hard Rock, Seminole Hard Rock Casino and Hotel, and they make nice and go up to their room with them and then slip them a Mickey in their drink and then rip off all their jewelry and cash. And the men wake up in a fog without their gold Cuban change, Rolexes and their wad of cash. In fact, on June 7th, 2021, a night out at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino turned into a nightmare for a group of men after one of them said several women drugged three of them and took off with thousands of dollars in cash and valuables. Hours later, they woke up without their wallets or their Rolex watches. He said they were having a good time. However, before they knew it, he said they woke up woozy and alone without the women they met the night before and without their fancy jewels. (laughs) A spokesperson for Seminole Hard Rock said this is going to be easy because we have surveillance cameras all over the place, so they've been combing through the surveillance video footage to see if they can find these women and identify them. But of course, you know, they're dressed up with wigs and I'm sure false eyelashes and all kinds of hats and crazy stuff. They'll never be identified And uh, they're offering a $5,000 reward. But basically, these men are SOL. They'll never get their jewelry back. And in South Florida, there are theft groups that target jewelers. I mean, jewelry heists are kind of glamorous. They're a staple of the cinema, like Ocean's Eleven, with intricately planned crimes performed by debonair types like Cary Grant and George Clooney. And of course, don't forget, my favorite. Special delivery at Ben. Were you expecting one? The Pink Panther with Peter Sellers as Inspector Clouseau. It's a priceless Steinway. Nothing anymore. Pink Panther was a diamond that supposedly contained a flaw that forms the image of a leaping panther, which can be seen if it's held just right in the light. So it was stolen, and here's Inspector Clouseau investigating the caper. Very ingenious. He pulled himself across the floor. He did? How else could he avoid the radar field? Yes, how else? Hmm. Of course, he would need a very slippery floor to do that. Therefore, the wax. The wax? Ah! Are you, uh, all right? Of course I am all right. I'm examining the wax. So the Pink Panther is sort of like the crown jewels of England, except you cannot steal them. I mean, they did make replicas back in like the 1700s with marcasites. Those are like fake diamonds to be worn by royalty when they are out among the peasants. Yes, on the hillside. In fact, on my trip to London that I made in the spring of 1986, Andrew and Fergie announced their engagement. They put a note up on the gate at Buckingham Palace. And President Reagan scrambled jets to Libya after Gaddafi crossed a red line. And France wouldn't let us fly over. I mean, I like I left the country for a week and all hell broke loose. But anyway, I visited the Tower of London to see the crown jewels. And I mean, I seriously doubt there will ever be a jewelry heist there unless it's Meghan Markle. But they keep you moving and the walls of the tower are 11 to 15 feet thick. 
And that's where Henry VIII's wife, you might remember, Anne Boleyn, spent her last night before he cut off her head. She was famously exiting the tower and said, The month is May, and I have a little neck. Walk. You know, your head stays alive for about eight seconds after it's cut off, so you can, like, look back and see yourself. Ugh. Anyway, back to the crown jewels. They're a very powerful symbol of the monarchy, and the collection contains 23,578 gemstones, crowns, scepters, tiaras, necklaces. They hold deep religious and cultural significance in Britain's history. Some of the diamonds are as big as your fist. It's just incroyable. So... The crown jewels are under heavy guard and still in use. In fact, security is so tight that they wouldn't even let Meghan Markle in there. She wanted to wear the crown that had emeralds on it for the wedding, and the queen was like, no, you won't wear that one. You'll wear this one. And apparently, Meghan threw a fit. But you'll find the crown jewels under armed guard in the Tower of London, and the gems are unique It's a working collection of royal regalia that are still regularly used by the queen. So when I was walking through, they kept you moving. So you barely have enough time to see what was going on. But sometimes you'll see a sign that says, in use. So if something is missing, it's not stolen. It's around the queen's neck or on her head. It's in use. So the glamorized world of gentlemen thieves doesn't really exist. Um jewel thieves, but organized jewel theft rings made up of criminals from the underworld do exist in South Florida. They are a reality, and they seem to target one jewelry store chain in particular, Provident Jewelers. They have seven stores in Florida, all owned by Rob Samuels, and one particular store in Jupiter, Florida on Indian Town Road, again, that's just north of where I am in West Palm Beach, has been hit multiple times I don't know how he gets anybody to insure his stuff. Uh, In fact, Provident Jewelry in Jupiter is famous for the largest jewelry heist in Palm Beach County, South Florida, Florida, and the United States. In fact, it was the largest heist in American history. And everything was insured, thank God for Mr. Samuels. Now, state authorities believe that one group of Cuban migrants pulled off more than 20 jewelry store and pawn shop burglaries in 18 months around that time. And they specialized in rooftop jobs busting through the ceiling. There's also Colombian gangs that rob traveling jewelry salesmen, sometimes spending days shadowing their targets. Other brazen groups use distraction techniques with up to 10 people at once going into a store during business hours. They're like, uh, pay attention to me over here while this guy is ripping off stuff over there. And when it comes to unloading jewelry, Miami is one of the most popular cities in the country to fence hot goods. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Thank you, Gomer. According to a multi-agency South Florida theft group task force, yes, there is such a thing, based out of the FBI South Florida office in Doral, within a matter of hours after the jewels are stolen, the thieves often meet with their fences. According to the task force members, diamonds can be untraceable once they're popped out of their settings. And gold, of course, can be melted down. I remember I was looking at some gold earrings on Etsy. That's where I like to buy my jewelry. And they're like, fifteen hundred dollars and i sent a message to the uh the store owner and i'm like 
why are these earrings so expensive? And she writes back, because they are old gold. And I wrote her back saying, um, all gold is old. Did you know that gold was not something that just, you know, formed here on Earth? No, it arrived on Earth via asteroids and meteorites. Yes. came from space. That's why there's a limited amount of it. And that's why Nixon ended the dollar convertibility to gold or the gold standard in 1971, because we were running out of it. So recovery of stolen jewelry is extremely unlikely. And Steve Wexler, he's the president of Wexler Insurance Agency. It's one of the largest jewelers insurance agencies in the country, said that it's been his experience that the recovery rate of jewelry, stolen jewelry, is less than 1%. And that really sucks if it's like heirloom jewelry that belonged to your family for years and years and years. That always bugged me about Meghan Markle. Okay, like I have a thing about her. But, you know, Harry designed her ring. He made it with Welsh gold and it was a diamond from his mom and two diamonds from a tiara or whatever. And she changed the design of the ring after they got married. Like it was from Zales or something. Like it wasn't a family heirloom. It just... That was shocking. Anyway, Dave Carranza, he's part of the Jewelry Heist Task Force, and he believes that there's more than a 1,000 members of organized theft groups operating in the United States, and that the members often learn their trade from their family members from their country of origin, like Cuba or Colombia. They start off with shoplifting before graduating into stealing jewels. The groups are very sophisticated. They deploy lookouts, counter surveillance, multiple cars, like the Italian job, with Mini Coopers. In fact, did you know that Queen Elizabeth used to drive around London all by herself in a Mini Cooper, wearing sunglasses and a scarf, to see how the little people lived, the proletariat? Anywho, they'll even follow traveling salesmen across state lines on a stakeout, waiting for the moment to pounce. One thief chased a dealer with a knife at a Miramar gas station in Pembroke Pines in the parking lot. Men with guns smashed out a New York diamond dealer's car windows and took $500,000 in jewels. Now, no fixed dollar amounts have been placed on how much jewelry has been stolen by these organized groups every year, but it's likely to be in the tens of millions of dollars. So, getting back to the largest jewelry heist in America... It happened in Jupiter. Once they defeated the alarm system, they had all the time in the world to uh, get into the vault. Mm -hmm. And they took everything. Now, these thieves who broke into Provident Jewelry was on the weekend of January 22nd, 2011. These guys were pros. They used a combination of a jackhammer style tool, a high temperature cutting torch in order to penetrate a very secure bank vault. They disabled 16 cameras, all of them, as well as the surveillance system's digital video recorders. They cut two main circuit boards for the alarm system, and they were found in a garbage bag. Even having those things, there are people that have the knowledge to uh, defeat them. Of course, that is the dismayed Rob Samuels, the owner of Provident Jewelry. It's very disturbing to have been robbed and to have been robbed so completely. In fact, Jupiter police believed that three people participated in the heist. And so again, they broke through the roof, disabled the security cameras and alarms, torched and jackhammered their way into the class two bank vault. 
but they didn't actually break through the vault door. They broke through the side wall of the vault, and then they carried out five duffel bags full of stolen goods. These guys had to be experienced because um, of our alarm systems and uh, the quality of our vault. They basically had the place all to themselves for like 36 hours. And to this day, only one man has been arrested for the biggest jewelry heist in America. His name is Pedro Luis El Loco. Like the crazy guy, Pedro Luis Enriquez. He's 41 at the time, sentenced to 15 years in prison. He pled guilty to first-degree grand theft charges for the 2011 theft in which they stole $15 million in jewels from Provident Jewelers in Jupiter. I mean, the prosecutors say this score was reminiscent of something out of a Hollywood movie script. And according to prosecutors, Enriquez snapped through a chain-link fence at a nearby private school, blasted through a suite adjacent to the jewelry store showroom, disabled the alarm system, telephone and cable lines before breaking through the ceiling and getting into the showroom. Now, once inside, they say he torched through two vaults and made off with the bounty, including... 100 loose diamonds and other high-end pieces, an array of Rolex, Cartier, Raymond Vey, Tag Heuer, and other watches. Within weeks, a confidential street source tipped police off to Enriquez, who they say had 39 prior arrests in Florida alone and was in jail in Miami on other charges when they got to him. Palm Beach County Prosecutor William Minton said authorities had linked the Hylia man to an organized crime organization out of Miami. And although Enriquez was the only arrest made in the case, the group is still under investigation. And Minton says that he is happy that the issue was resolved. He said he was looking forward to taking El Loco to trial, where he would have, among other things, presented evidence to the jury that linked him to the scene through DNA found in a flashlight that he left behind. So Enriquez's attorney had asked for a 10-year sentence on the case that would have sent him to prison for life, but the circuit judge took the prosecutor's recommendation for a 15-year sentence. I mean, the guy's been arrested so many times before, and he gets out and he does it again, so hello. In addition, the judge said that Enriquez would have to pay $2.2 million in restitution to Provident Jewelers, which already got you know, insurance money, and authorities have recovered about $500,000 of the $15 million in stolen jewelry and watches. And according to investigators, most were sold to dealers who eventually resold them to legitimate jewelry stores. So chances are, if you live in Florida, you could be wearing a ring that's hot. It was stolen. A few gems were recovered. The jewelry store's insurance covered most of the rest of it, as I said. And apparently the breaking caused $100,000 in damage to the showroom. When store employees came to work that Monday morning, there was a big hole in the vault. Roughly 1,600 pieces of jewelry and watches were missing. Again, all worth $15 million. Concrete rubble and a nearly empty bottle of cheap wine. <laughs> Apparently, the burglars had been celebrating early. So how would you like to be the employee who had to break the news to the Provident Jewelry Store owner, Rob Samuels, that, um, sir, uh, the f***-up fairy showed up over the weekend and stole everything. (laughs) It's all gone. We didn't receive a call from our alarm company and neither did the police also 
The prosecutor had Enrique's phone calls from the jail revealed that he had talked about winning the lottery and having people take care of watches and diamonds. According to cell phone records that were pulled for the weekend of the heist at 2.30 a.m. that Sunday, that weekend of January 22nd, Enrique sent a text message to a friend in all caps, BINGO. And then a day later, he sent another text message in all caps, SUPER BINGO. With six O's. <sighs> I mean, simply buying jewelry is like highway robbery because there's such a markup on it. You know, there's plenty of diamonds. Supply and demand is controlled by De Beers, which came up with the whole slogan years ago that everyone, every woman needs a diamond engagement ring. Aha! There's like over 300 billion diamonds available and they control the supply. So therefore they control the price. And now you have lab-created diamonds, cubic zirconias, and moissanite. The fat used to be colored stones for engagement rings, you know, like Princess Diana's, but then, uh, no. The diamond became a girl's best friend. The little diamonds in an eternity band are just like the debris that falls from when they cut a bigger diamond. They're worth like 10 bucks a piece. They're tiny and gold as well. The markup, when you look at how much an ounce of gold costs compared with how much they sell the ring for. So we had a guy that actually brought a diamond tester into the office and he was, you know, just going around testing women's engagement rings here. And some of them were fake and the women didn't know it until the diamond tester went how'd you like to hear that conversation with the husband at dinner that night oof what do you mean you gave me a fake diamond engagement ring it's better than a canardly though you know canardly see it or one that comes with an eraser because it has so much carbon in it anyway guess what thieves hit again the same jewelry store May 17th, 2017, 4 a.m., four masked men used an axe to break in through the front door of Provident Jewelry on Indian Town Road and robbed the place in about two to five minutes. So they didn't get away with much. But still, you would think after being robbed of everything back in 2011 that, you know, the store would be like Fort Knox. But nope. Alas, it wasn't. Our friend Rob Samuel said they didn't get into the vault, but they did rifle through 15 cases. It wasn't as big of a theft as it was in 2011. He said, you know, he has seven stores in Florida, and unfortunately, it's happened more than twice if you count all the locations. And he says it's never a good phone call to get that your storeroom's been broken into. I can imagine. But looking on the bright side, he says insurance covered all of his losses. Well, that wraps up this sparkly episode of Full Rigor. I'm like a fish or a crow. If something is sparkly, I just can't take my eyes off of it. I love it. Be sure to download and subscribe my Full Rigor podcast. Leave me feedback, please. And check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. Here's to not getting a fake engagement ring. Thanks for joining me. Until next time.